1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
0: Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker
2: on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring. The flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com And
3: welcome to
4: Overnight
3: America. What a night. What a night. We're one week away from the election. Who knows what will be happening this time, seven days from now. Does anybody really know? So this uh, show we got planned for you tonight, who knows if anything changes between now and even the end of the show. I mean, anything can happen. It's almost the election. Uh, So Tom Sullivan's going to join us in about 25 minutes. There's a few things going on in the county. Did the county auditor likely violate Sunshine Law? What's the latest when it comes to the Northwest Crossing mediation, and why is that swept under the rug? Uh, Sam Page, could it be possible that he was telling a fib when he said it was necessary for him to have the, uh, d- the work experience to keep his license, because some of that's even in question, too? And what's up with all the people in the auditor's office? They have three people working there, and no one's an auditor. <laughs> so what's going on there? So Tom Sullivan... In 25 minutes or so, we'll talk about that. Next hour, we're going to be joined by a local author, Lynn Marie Alexander, and her book is called The Hill, St. Louis's Italian-American Neighborhood. We're going to spend an hour talking about The Hill, great history there. Lots to, um, lots to really dive into with that particular area. I make it down to The Hill a few times a year. Restaurants are fantastic, but then again, things change a lot lately too over the summer. Uh, A little bit after 10 o'clock, Charles Denyer wrote a book called Texas Titans, George H.W. Bush and James A. Baker. And the whole thing is a friendship forged in power. Interesting look there. He's going to talk a little bit about... George H. W. Bush, Brad Young's going to join us later tonight too. We'll talk about the Supreme Court ruling in Wisconsin, what that means for voting, what that doesn't mean, and why there's so many people upset online. Upset mainly people that were already upset with the Supreme Court. You have Amy Coney Barrett being confirmed last night, and then all of these other things go on, and all of a sudden Brett Kavanaugh is getting punched online, and he's probably used to this by now. But is it is it warranted? Uh, I'll give you a quick preview. No. It is not warranted, but we're still going to talk to Brad Young about that. A lot more to get to on the show, too. You know, I was going to talk about something else at the start of the show, but then at the very last moment, I found an old KMOX promo that is about a minute or so long, and I do not understand the context to it. And I'm hoping that we're coming off a sports open line, and I'm hoping anyone that is a sports fan, a Cardinals fan, would know the proper context for this. So I'm going to play it for you, and this is what I'm hoping. If you know what this is or you know what it means, please call 314-436-7900. You can text that line too, or 800-925-1120. All right? Mystery right now. I don't know what to make of this promo, but then again, radio did some pretty great things back then. That was awesome for its time, and then when we look back in retrospect, we think, ooh, that doesn't really hold up.
2: Listen. Something's happening Monday. Something big. new, where, down. Down. It's a Cardinal rally. It's for our cards. St. Louis will welcome home the cards. Man. Monday. Monday at noon. Prior right. to opening night game against Montreal. Come on down. Come on down. Down to Keener Plaza. Noon to one, we'll see you there. We'll there, you'll see Fred Bird there, he's a funny man, and the KMOX Radio Redbird girls. Ooh, Ernie Hayes, who'll be at the organ, but we need a band, the Scott Air Force Band 2, you can ride, you can ride the Cardinal carriage, enjoy the fun, we know you will, we will sure to wear your red you got a dress we'll see you monday at noon keener plaza be sure to wear your red or red shirt be sure
3: to wear your red everybody join in be sure sure to to wear wear your red red. all right so obviously it's some sort of rally for the cardinals noon and keener plaza now i don't know what year this would have been i don't know who the singer is Does that voice sound familiar? Who did the baseball Cardinals rap? And it didn't sound like it was a opening day type of deal. Maybe it was an opening day thing. All of it is a mystery to me. All I know is when I started playing this, it reminded me of all the great old Cardinals songs. We can do it. We can do it. We can win it all. The They've had some very, very good musical productions in the past, and I want to know how that one falls into it. If anyone has any context to it, I'd love to hear from you. But then again, it may be just too obscure for anyone to remember. I'm under the impression, by the way, that everyone that listens to this show has listened for about 45 years on average, and the, the median right there in the middle. It could be wrong could be wrong (laughs) but either way maybe you just enjoyed the song whatever it may be all right and something else I wanted to do uh, I almost I was on the verge of talking about the election and some other serious things that are going on locally here and then that song completely derailed me and I thought no this is the only thing I want to talk about right now this uh Cardinals rap it's just so perfect in its own way isn't it I almost wonder, why don't we do things like that anymore? Like, I've done the Bobo rap here on the show, and it's nowhere near as good as that. And we have the Overnight America theme song. I had my son even do a song. Do you remember my son making fun of me? Now, I don't get to play it all that much, but I know he sings it a lot here. (laughs) He's done spinoff songs. You've got a big fat head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was really right around that style of uh, song. And then someone, producer Mike messages me, said, this is not a rap. This doesn't count as a rap.
2: It's a Cardinal Rally. It's for our cards. St. Louis will welcome home the cards.
3: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Why don't we do more of these things? All right, three one four 314-436-7900. Oh, Mary's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America.
1: Hi. Um Hi, I Mary. Wanted, Ryan I wanted to let you know that it sounds like it's I don't know if it's Steve Martin itself, but it's Steve Martin. It's a takeoff of the King Tut of seventy eight. When you King when Steve a... Martin did the King I know Tut, that King that's Tut what the that thing song. is doing.
3: King Tut. He's my favorite. I, feel, I love that, that song. And
1: I looked it up yesterday and sang it. So that's what's kind of funny. But it's '78 is when he did that on Johnny Carson, and then it became a yeah. phenomenon. The King Tut. Oh, that, that's
3: that's the thing. I remember like that him. song. It it was so funny. Definitely, that's not Steve Martin. But I I don't see the similarities between the songs. But you think it might be a parody of something that you might it's be not onto like something. It's like
1: a parody there. of that song because it's like it's buried in. It's Jane it has that. Tone to it, like it's a King Tut version yeah. for the
3: Cardinals. So, did he perform that on Saturday Night Live? I'd like I to think talk he did it on
1: Johnny Carson first with the roller yeah. skates. One of
3: the ah, so he might have like did it I somewhere else. Okay, both things. All right, let's let's take a listen and see if there's any similarities between the two. King Tut. King
2: now, when it was a young man thought it'd see king people standing live to see the boy king king Hunt. how'd you get so funky, oh, funky. <laughs> did you do the bunker? all in arizona
3: in king all right. classic song i can't maybe a cardinal rally. It's for our cards. St. Louis will welcome
2: home the cards.
3: I mean, there's a chance it's maybe. Uh, I think that's a little stretch. There might be a real answer out there. That you know, right now, that's our leading answer to try to solve this mystery. <laughs> so, Thanks, Mary. Good to hear from hey, you. Three one four.
1: Could you real send, quick? Um, Can you do an interview for the Republican that's going against Corey Bush? I'd like to learn more about him.
3: You know, we had an interview with him, Anthony Rogers, uh, a couple of weeks ago. So it's in the podcast if you want to go back and find that. Do you know how to search? Oh, good. Yeah. So right, I would say you. two weeks ago, roughly. Yeah. Thanks, Mary. Yeah. About two weeks ago, we had him on. And it's because someone else requested that he be on the show. In fact, we had Nene yesterday um, come on the show, uh, Nene Harris. She is the author of so many great local books here in St. Louis local historian, and she actually requested an interview as well for someone else. And I thought, okay, good. I I like it when people give me recommendations of who they would like on the show. That's pretty neat. I I appreciate it because then it gives me an idea of what the interest level is. You know, if there is an interest level, sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. All right, so 314 436 7900. It's Overnight America KMOX. Radio's BS detector.
2: Mark Reardon. Weekday afternoons at 2 on St. Louis's News Radio KMOX.
3: Welcome back to Overnight America. I'm just going through and listening to some of these old KMOX clips and still trying to figure everything out. And is there ever going to be a true answer to anything? Who knows? Maybe just lost with time some of these old classic clips. I found a couple of old Jim White promos. How about this one? Let me find it. There, so Jim White, and I should mention that on Thursday night, we're going to be doing a, another Jim White special. This one is his 1981 broadcast of the Halloween Spooktacular. And I almost need to say it in the Halloween voice when we do it. So just two nights away. It's The last show of the week is a Thursday night here on Overnight America. And with Halloween being on Saturday, this is our closest we can get to it. And I don't want to play it on Sunday. That doesn't seem right, doing it after. But Jim White loved Halloween. And I am going to do a three-hour rebroadcast of his 1981 show. And then on Saturday night, Halloween, KMOX is also going to rebroadcast it starting at 9 p.m. So if you're going to be out in the garage handing out you know, trick or treater candy to the kids that come by. You can always have this on and sit back and enjoy. It'll be a nice little thing to play instead of the monster mash on a endless loop. So, but here's a Jim White promo. I think this is great. Hi,
0: I'm Jim White, inviting you to be a night person. Night people, they're my friends.
2: Night people don't want the night to end.
0: You know night people. They come out when the sun goes down. And every night on KMOX Radio we talk about subjects that are sure to interest you whether you're a night person or not. Because at night we'll exercise your mind on KMOX Radio.
3: I love it. That's a 40-second promo. This is back in the day when you can do those sort of things, when there was no programming that you had to adhere to in the sense that it had to be 30 seconds long. Today in radio, to kind of give you an insight of how our formatting works, things have to be 15 seconds, or things have to be 30 seconds, or things have to be 60 seconds. When we do commercials and promos, it's rare anymore to find things that are just as long as they need to be. That was 40 seconds. That's a little bit off. One of the first things I think of producer Mike you gotta see if you can find that song Night people because if that's a song that's easily accessible, maybe we play that tonight for the overnight America crowd Night people that's pretty neat. never heard that one good for Jim White. I also have another Jim White promo. do we play this one? yeah I wish I would have had this promo handy when there was um uh, when we were putting together the Jim White documentary because we talked a little bit about his dateline in that one. You meet the most interesting people on Dateline. How old are you? 50. Okay. I, I have a
0: 18-year-old <laughs> young man wants to get out
2: of his body. You know, <laughs> I like to be somebody that walks on the street
0: and
3: people say wow once in a while. You want to be
0: a wow not cute. Okay.
3: I usually get a couple of glances, so I'm not bad. I know Dateline that. St. Louis. Friday nights only on 1120. KMOX. That's a nice promo. 26 seconds. <laughs> Dateline. Oh, what a good time that Jim White would have on these radio, radio program. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to find that Night People song. And I was listening to King Tut a little bit more during the break. That's could very much get stuck in your head, the whole thing, the whole idea. You know who's going to join us in about ooh, 10 minutes or so? Tom Sullivan. A lot going on in the county. He's been paying close attention to it. And it's, again... We have an auditor who's been taking a pretty good salary in the county that doesn't actually know how to audit. (laughs) And did they violate the Sunshine Law? And what's going on with Northwest Crossing? I'll tell you that Tom Sullivan comes up with a great point. The whole point being that, hey, I thought you were going to look into this and you never did. Why is it sitting on the burner all along? Is it something more than just, well, we forgot about it? Could it be a little bit more? Or could there be a reason why Sam Page is allowing that to happen? So Tom Sullivan's going to join us in about 10 minutes uh, also. We'll take a look at your weather. Yeah, I wanted to talk about this just briefly, and the story is at KMOX.com. And it's a really, it's, it's a sad story because I think most people in St. Louis are very familiar with Ed Brown. He's a well-known lawyer. A lot of times, if you're a late-night guy like me, who does a late night show and you have the different networks up in the studio, you've seen one of their videos and their commercials are kind of not like commercials. They, they put together a program that was also a way for them to get in front of the St. Louis people in a way that was more personable and him and his brother would do different things. Like they'd go around St. Louis and you know, they'd visit certain things and they'd have conversations with people Ed Brown died yesterday and apparently jumped out of their office building in downtown St. Louis, right at the building where KMOX was once located at one Memorial drive. I think they were on the 11th floor. There were people that, I don't know if there's a witness to this, but definitely the aftermath. He was 61 years old, principal partner at Brown and Brown law firm did so much in the community. Well liked guy. And it's just one of those shocking, sad things that have just really taken everyone and made them made them go, I, I just don't believe it. I just cannot believe this news. They were so good uh, through the commercials. And I think a lot of people know him for not only the commercials. And if you remember the ones, he was the one with the eye patch. And his brother Dan, both attorneys at Brown and Brown, came out with a statement and there was a uh, there was a person uh one of the people that came out there and said we were shocked and devastated a representative for the firm mentioned we request uh, request the privacy of the family is respected during this most difficult time it i i think that i think that a lot of times when stories like this come out what you see is the the certain the certain lines of you just don't know what people are going through. It reminds me of a line from Bob Dylan, and I'm going to have to paraphrase it, but Bob Dylan said that his mom used to tell him this all the time. He said, you have no idea what another person's going through. And I think people are quick to jump online and social media to point things like that out. And I got to say, sometimes there's just not an answer. And I also got to say, the, to the respect of the family and everyone that's involved, right there, I, I just can't imagine what they're going through right now. And the best thing you can do is pray for the family and let them grieve and go through this process with the privacy that they deserve. He's going to be someone that is well missed in the community, and it, it'll leave a um, it'll leave a big hole that way. As a lot of people, I think, will be praying for them tonight. So when we come back from the break, let's uh, bring on Tom Sullivan. We're going to talk a little bit about the county and some of those things that he's been tracking and following. We'll take a look at your weather, too. It's Overnight America, KMOX.
1: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
2: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. News Radio 1120, KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Night people.
3: Oh, wait, this is like a 80s hairband song. They were using this for Jim White's promo. Let's listen to this a little bit more. I want to hear the lyrics. It could be dangerous. I don't actually know what the lyrics are. Wait, so do they just say Night Fever and then they go to a guitar riff? This makes for a perfect radio type of uh, promo. Here we go. Wait, who does this song? Is this like Judas Priest or something? Oh, it's Dio? Night People. Rodney James Dio? Oh, wow. I might have to listen to this song in its entirety. Wow, thanks for finding that, Producer Mike. That would make for a fun song to throw in at night every once in a while. Joining us now is someone that pays close attention to everything that's going on in the county. He is also someone that would be considered night people considering he joins me here at night. Tom Sullivan, how are you? Doing fine, Uh, Ryan. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. A lot has been going on in the county as of late. A lot of different uh, issues have been raised and I wanted to talk to you about a few of those different things. Uh, one of which is something that you were looking into in the auditor's office. to me, it's amazing. there's an auditor office when no one's qualified to audit, and it's been like that for years and you are curious about what exactly goes on in that and who's getting paid and It seems like they got a a, a pretty well paid staff or someone that doesn't know how to audit
4: uh they do The auditor makes about eighty five thousand dollars a year, and uh he's been on He's been on the job now for over three and a half years, so that's that's over a quarter of a million dollars in uh pay he's collected, and he is really not doing his job in fact, he doesn't know how to do his job so and it also has a few staff members with him, so i mean it it just uh it's a situation that that needs to be corrected and I think that the council is finally going to move on it the county uh cons- the county's audit the state audit. You know, of course, brought it up the fact that he, you know, this is just—he's uh, not somebody that's that's just not doing audits. So I think they're going to do something. Exactly when I don't know, but I think by the end of the year they will have uh, made a change.
3: What I also wonder about is the other portion of it. So if it's one thing that your specific job you're unqualified and, and don't really know how to do it and haven't performed it in the last three years, the other thing is—is is it possible that he? violated the sunshine law because the sunshine law a lot of people in broadcasting know it but sometimes you find others know that you could request official documents from government officials the idea is that there should be transparency in your government so if you want to know something that's public information you should be able to ask and get an answer but we're also finding out that in the county when it comes to the auditor position there could be issues also with the uh, with the request in the sunshine law
4: uh that's right. last week, I got a letter from the attorney general. I had filed a uh a complaint about the uh county auditor not providing documents in in a timely manner uh I think it took like over two weeks you're supposed to you're supposed to provide them at three days at, within three days at, at, at the most and he hadn't been doing that and i've actually i've had trouble with him before so the attorney general they said that he had likely had had um violated the law, and they made him and this other other people working in this office. They had to do sort of a tutorial about the uh, Sunshine Law, and after they did that, they said that they were going to uh, close the complaint, and that's when they sent along the information to me. And I also have another one pending against them and also several other ones pending against uh, Sam Page and, and the county council. It has been a ongoing struggle to get them to follow the law. You know, there are certain things you have to do, like, for example, you have to have agendas uh, posted 24 hours before a meeting. has to tell you what's going to go on. You have to provide documents uh, that are requested, and uh, it's it's just a constant struggle. Uh, they don't want to provide you documents in, in, as they should. And so, I mean, that's why the continuing complaints with the Attorney General's office. If you recall, Steve Stinger, he was really violating the law and, and. After so many complaints, the attorney general—this was Josh Hawley at the time—he uh, told the, he told Steve Stinger that he had to provide you know all the various uh, information about about the request and and how fast they were complying with them, et cetera. And Steve Stinger just ignored it, and that's when they filed a lawsuit against him. So I don't know what it's gonna what it's gonna take to get him to uh, follow the law. but it's uh, like I say, it's an ongoing uh, issue.
3: Yeah, going back to the county auditor, who actually hired and put that auditor in place?
4: Uh, it goes back to 2017. Uh, Sam Page became county council chair in the beginning of 2017. One of the things he wanted to do was to get another auditor. Well, he, they, so they didn't renew the contract for the, for the auditor, and then Sam Page just insisted that this guy be hired name is uh mark tucker and you know the other other council members thought well you know he's the chair and he's really he really thinks this guy's good so they went along and right. uh but he has no he has no experience in in accounting has no experience in auditing and uh i, I think he was he was serving as a legislative liaison in other words he's kind of like a lobbyist and uh that was his background why sam page Wanted him in that job. Uh it's it's just uh it's just puzzling. And then there, after the first year went by, Steve Stinger was jumping on about the fact that he hadn't done any he hadn't provided any audits and Sam Page still stayed, still stood behind him and said, I think he's gonna do uh he's gonna do a good job. So it's just uh it's just a bizarre situation and uh it needs to be uh corrected.
3: Wow, this is a common pattern I'm seeing with uh, Sam Page. So keep in mind, uh, a lot of times when we go back and look at the deal with the Northwest Crossing, you found that the county council realized they just went along with it because they thought everything was fine. It was going to come from Steve Stanger or Sam Page is cool with it or whatever it is. We'll just go along with it. And that's the problem because then the defense is, hey, you signed off on it. And then the council says, well, we didn't realize just how bad this was at the time. And let me point out, too. When we find this whole money that should be going for COVID relief in the county, 170 some million dollars, the whole idea that Sam Page wanted to elevate himself in a way where there wouldn't be county oversight he would be able to dictate the people that give him oversight the, the whole idea of trying to resist oversight and just going along with whatever he wants as opposed to the process that's necessary and the collaboration that would be needed on a county level this is a sam page problem we're seeing over and over again it's so frustrating but um that's me just ranting but i wanted to go back to one thing the trouble with the northwest crossing is starting to come back up again and it's something that you're following
4: uh it is uh they in in February of this year the county and the developers they they uh entered into agreement for mediation and uh then they the uh county council approved i think it's like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars they hired an outside law firm you know to handle it for the county and I think they did a very made various motions and they they you know they submitted bills of the to the to the county and i think I think the last bills were like back in April or May. And my question, which I posed to the county counselor this week, is what's going on? What's the status of this? And uh, so far, I have not heard anything.
3: You would think this is something they take serious, mostly because at the very onset, there was a lot of interest. So Steve Stanger goes away and they want to start looking at some of the contracts that were signed under him, the ones that have some highly uh, some big questions that Northwest Crossing building. I mean, that was even named and looked at as part of the federal investigation, if I remember correctly. So they they looked at some of the dealings with the people and that became a big point. I mean, it, the whole idea of this is that there was probably. um uh, n- number one, a lack of oversight. This should have been stopped to begin with. But number two, were there other things going on behind the scenes when it comes to the reason why this contract was put in place to begin with? And everyone was all up in arms. They said, okay, we've got to look at this. We've got to look at this. Steve Stinger goes to jail, and then nothing happens. And it's been sitting there for as long as we can think. And it's so frustrating. That, yeah.
4: that has been quite an issue. You know, if you recall, the the developers gave Steve Singer $365,000 in campaign contributions I think that is a record from the most amount of contributions coming at least from uh, from one project uh, you know i don't think nothing's even come even come close. so then we have the project and, and Steve Stinger goes ahead with the leases and and when When you really look at it and do the math, it could be ten or twenty million dollars costing too much uh, than comparable uh, office space, but they Steve Stinger pushed it through and uh, except for one councilman, they all voted for it. Sam Page said it was a great value for uh, St. Louis County. And, and then he said he was duped. Well, I stood in front of the county council, you know, eight feet away from Sam Page. He was a, he was uh, the councilman at the time. And I said, everything about this, this proposal stinks. And, of course, everything did stink. But the council was just uh, all excited about it, and uh, they put it through. And it's been a source of contention. We've had... Uh, the council has had an ethics commission look at it, and they've brought people in and sworn them in, and, and then they found out that the regular process that the county uses has kind of been bypassed, and Steve Singer had his campaign manager basically calling the shots on it. So it has been uh, quite an issue, and it doesn't seem like it's, it's going to go away. The the uh, issue at this point is, is the county going to get any of the money back that, that they're really paying too much for? developers saying, "Well, you know, I I you know, everybody knew what the deal was. You approved it, so don't don't blame me." So it's not <sighs> a it's not a cut and dry deal, but they're going to mediate it, but I don't know how it's going to turn out and yeah. right now they're just sitting on it.
3: Well, let me if I remember correctly, didn't Steve Stanger's campaign manager also get money part of this deal directly?
4: Uh, I don't think so. Something happened around that time. He got he got some money from the Stinger campaign and I think he said it was owed to him or something. There was some question about it, but, you know, it it never went beyond that.
3: Yeah, I don't remember specifically. I just remember there was some question to that. And, no, Sam Page definitely was not duped, and that's the thing. I I think what we're finding is a constant pattern – of manipulation so we see it not only with the money now with the covid but then we go back and look at all of this stuff happening under his watch and even when there was a state audit coming in and looking at talking about uh, a lack of oversight and i think that is being gracious lack of oversight is a gracious way of saying that it could be actually more malicious than that because could it be a coincidence all these things happen under his watch i don't know but one of the other things i wanted to talk to you about too is the whole idea that he had this side job And we're finding out more about this. So he was continuing to work for Mercy. We find out that his advisors that he is using to help figure out how to spend this money for Mercy, uh, excuse me, how to spend this money in the county when it comes to COVID relief, is also someone that's associated with Mercy, which is interesting because he has a financial relationship with them. And then we also find out, I think it was KSDK, contacted the state and they said, is this a requirement that you need to keep your license or so you have to work a certain amount of hours? And they said, uh, no. So even that might not even be true. So there's so much going on on that side too.
4: The, there is The thing that surprises me is, is that is that Sam Page has done nothing about it. I figured... He let a few days go by and say, well, I'm giving up this job, you know, and, and and that would be the end of it, but he has not. And first they started out saying, oh, it's just a shift uh, one weekend a month. And then it was like, well, is it is it one shift or, or two shifts? And then it came out, well, he's working some evening hours, too, for our shifts. So uh, we don't really know the the, the the full story. And one thing for sure, if if you're in the middle of a pandemic and they have a county executive – working part time at a job doesn't make any difference whether it's at, at uh at Mercy or stock and shells at at Walmart. It's just it just is not a very good deal at all. It just doesn't seem like he's being all that serious and especially when he's asking people to do so much and he wants all this authority to deal with the pandemic. So it just doesn't look good. I don't know how he can continue on. I, I, I think at some point he's gonna he's gonna just give it up, but so far he has not
3: What about the conflict of interest? So his relationship with a hospital, from what I understand, I think he's exclusive with the hospital. And he's also used people from that hospital in order to advise him on how to spend some of this funding. So did that hospital, in this case, receive funding under the advice of someone with it? And is that a conflict of interest?
4: Well, apparently it has. I wouldn't say it's got thousands of dollars. It's it's maybe a, a conflict of interest. I think I'd be much more concerned if they got like a uh, hundred thousand or two hundred thousand. But no, it doesn't it doesn't look good at, at at any rate and uh it it's just Sam Page is all tied in with the medical establishment and the hospitals and the uh medical associations and all this and you know, it needs to be a little bit more careful, but um uh they have not been. Even even this doctor Alex Garza, who's head of the pandemic task force uh he's a kind of a friend of of uh Sam Page he's contributed to his uh to his campaign so and he's been involved in politics too uh Dr. Garza's wife worked for uh Claire McCaskill for over 20 years so everywhere you look there's there's all these political connections and and hospital connections and business connections it just seems to keep going on
3: uh it's this is why we need to pay attention and and keep up on things like this because unfortunately we have a short memory span and somehow we forget and just let these things go by the wayside and we shouldn't do that so that's why i'm fortunate to have you tom sullivan come on and keep us updated on things that are going on in the county thank you so much for joining us tonight on overnight america thanks for having me on ryan Tom is great. He's smart. He pays attention. He can connect the dots, and he raises the red flag when necessary, and he's normally the first one to do so because he's so bright when it comes to connecting these things. He joins us on the Quiver River Electric guest line on Overnight America KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com
2: on KMOX.
3: Oh. Oh, this is getting a little uh, intimate. There's a lot of great night people songs. Should we just do a night of playing songs about night people? Alright, so there was here's the Jim White promo, and I think I found this song. That we're trying to identify what he used in this promo.
2: They're my friends. Night people don't want the night to end. Night people are going.
3: You know. It goes, are going when the morning comes. Now that, I believe, is a. I had to do a quick Google search of the lyrics. I think it's a song by The Tubes called Night People. It's possible that is true. Now, I don't exactly know. But either way, producer Mike is just having a good old time going through the list and finding all songs that mention Night People. Should we do that maybe sometime next week? Here's what I'm afraid is going to happen. Because we only have a little bit of time left until the election. So we've been doing a lot of stories that seem to be highly political the past month. Because I don't know if you can get around the fact that we are in the end of a political cycle. The general election for the President of the United States. It's very difficult to get around that. So now and again, we try to break away and do things that are not relevant. Like on Thursday, Thursday it just so happens to be the night that we're going to replay The 1981 Jim White Halloween Spooktacular. But other than that, I mean, we got to at least cover some of these big topics, and we just can't forget that everything else in the world is pointing towards the election right now. So in the next hour, I guess we're going to have one of those breaks. Local author Lynn Marie Alexander on her new book, The Hill, uh, St. Louis's Italian-American Neighborhood. Looking forward to having her on for the full hour. We'll chat about The Hill. After that, Charles Denyer, Wrote a book about George H.W. Bush and his friendship with James A. Baker III, Friendship Forged in Power. It's out in, what, three weeks from now, November 17th, so we'll get a sneak peek of that. And Brad Young will also talk about the Supreme Court ruling up in Wisconsin. Some people are saying that this could actually tip off what the Supreme Court could be doing if it were challenged during the general election when it comes to voting and the way that they look at, perhaps, ballots that come on after the date. And later tonight too, I wanted to talk about um, the campaigning in his uh, Donald Trump's campaign. Director was on CNN. I think he embarrassed Chris Cuomo. I think he brought up some things, and Chris Cuomo is kind of a meathead to begin with. You know, he's hot-headed. He gets upset very easy. He's someone that. You know, you cross him the wrong way. It looks like he wants to fight you. You know, he's one of those guys, Jersey Shore type of people. (laughs) And he was about to have one of those moments on his show with Trump's communication director. So we'll play some clips from that if you missed it from earlier today, too. And Tucker Carlson was doing an in-depth interview. I'm going to see if I can find some audio of that. But Tucker Carlson's interview tonight was talking about the Hunter Biden laptop with Hunter Biden's business associate that is calling shenanigans on all of this. He's saying that, hey, Joe Biden's lying flat out. He does have connections. And here's the proof. So it was supposed to be a big interview tonight. We'll see if we can get some of that later on the show, too. Don't go anywhere. We got the rest of the night together, my night people. It's Overnight America KMOX.